traveling the world searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Good afternoon, equestrians. This is Scott Miller coming to you from Delray Beach, Florida in South Florida. Uh, weather's good here. Uh, we were in a great location uh, where I'm located at. Uh, I'm around all different breeds of horses. I'm around uh, racing, shows, sales, you name it. Uh, if it's in the industry, the horse industry, I'm here with it. Uh, so th- this is uh, going to be a show that uh, I'm going to tell you exactly what uh, the International Equine is about and who I am and how we got started with it. And it's going to be an ongoing thing that we're going to be doing, uh, hopefully for years down the road. We've had a lot of good experimental programs and test programs over the past couple of years with BBS. And um, it's really, really working out good for us, I think. Uh, we know where we're going and what we're doing and how we're going to do it. And here we go. My name's Scott Miller. I've been in the horse business all my life, um, mostly thoroughbreds. I've traveled all over the world with the horses, uh, racing and, and shipping horses, and you name it, uh, I've pretty much done it in the business. I'm a done-it kind of guy. Well, long story short is that uh, when I came onto the racetrack, uh, my experience in the thoroughbred business was very little, if almost none. And so I started uh, walking horses and uh, in the barns of Dewey Smith, and that was back in uh, late 78, 79. And I really was just intrigued by the whole uh, thoroughbred industry. I was excited about it. Uh, um, I lived in New Albany, Indiana, which was right across the, we were seven miles from Churchill Downs. So, you know, I was constantly uh, being, uh, involved uh, with the horses and it was exciting and and so i got to travel with dewey i got to go to hot springs arkansas uh, to new orleans um i ended up going uh, down to florida for uh for work uh chicago new york california uh you know, iowa indiana you know i kind of made the rounds um when in the business so uh, I was always excited about uh, going to a new place. I look forward to it because, like Derby Week, um, you know, it's now ten days long and it's exciting. They got all kinds of things, and when you get a horse, you always want to try to run in the Kentucky Derby. And I've been fortunate enough to work with uh, three or four trainers that have uh, been in the Derbies and that have won the Derby, and so that that was exciting. So I just kept feeding, you know, uh, my desire to be in the horse business. And so in my travels, going from track to track and country to country, I had a lot of time to think. And I started thinking about the, the industry as a whole and, and what could I do to, uh, you know, uh, do more in the business. And so long story short, uh, I, I hot walked, I groomed, um, I became uh, a liaison for the owners and the trainers from the outfits that I worked for. And whatever needed to be done, I would do. And if it was raking up, if it was mucking a stall, if it was uh, filling the owner or the trainer's car up full of gas and washing it, driving it to the next track for them, um, staying late, uh, 
going to the vet clinic with a horse. I did it. Whatever there was needed to be done in that barn, I, I would and could do. And so I, I, I kept on thinking, like, wow, you know, what can I do? I, You know, I'm doing it good. I'm in good horses and good owners and good trainers. And I travel a lot, and, and, it, and it's like a paid vacation, you know, because when you travel with the horses. So that that was exciting. But I still had an empty feeling deep down inside of me. And I needed to fulfill that feeling. And I didn't know quite how to do it. And so, like I said, in the, in the travels, I had a lot of time to think. And so I started thinking about it. One day I had to call and make some um, hotel reservations uh, for myself and grooms that were going to a track in, uh, in, in Pennsylvania. And so I did that. And then when I got to the track there in Pennsylvania, you know, naturally you, you got to find a place to eat and, and you got to, um, you know, do all the things that you normally would be doing, but you're at a track. And so I said, wow, I said, this is crazy. I'm spending a lot of time trying to make hotel reservations, trying to find out places to eat, uh, places to go, things to do. And so uh, I said, how can I, how can I, help myself and help others do, you know, answer the questions that I'm asking. And so one of them was, this is how, how I'm going to do it. I'm going to build a website. This is when um, uh, websites uh, were just now uh, starting out. Um, I started out with GoDaddy and it, it, it started working pretty good. You know, it, it was uh, easy to navigate. Uh, I didn't know that much about, um, you know, uh, the internet. And so it was easy to navigate, and I started building a website. And so I said, now what do I put on the website? I said, well, yeah, you put horse racing on there. Then you put uh, horse shows. Uh, then you put horse sales. Uh, you put horse movies. Uh, anything related to a horse, you do it. And I said, well, you know, this is, this is going to be simple because there's plenty of material uh, in the horse world that we can be getting on there. And so what I did is I sat down and I said, okay, let me go through the, the website and tell you about how it came, how, how this website came about. It's intv.org. And uh, you go to it and it's got a little bit of everything on there. And so here's what my schedule runs. On Mondays, I, I have two programs that I update and that I really get heavily involved with. One of them is Chucker, which is about domestic and international polo. Uh, we have that. Uh, we go behind the scenes and we talk to uh, um, the people that are playing polo. We talk about the owners. We talk about the polo fields across the world and how big they are, how nice they are, um, the fans at the polo matches, and, uh, you know, and we explain to you exactly how polo is played. And that's what I'm doing with the website. My website, I hope one day, will be the largest equine information website in the world. That is my goal. Because if we educate the public to the equestrian industry, all breeds, all countries, all disciplines, we bring more fans and more owners and more participants into the business. And that's my goal. And so like with Chucker on Mondays, uh, we're going to, go behind the scenes and we're going to talk to uh, polo players, owners, 
We're going to talk to the people that maintain the uh, polo grounds uh, about all the, the major polo uh, um, tournaments in the world. Uh, we're going to tell you any and everything about polo. We're going to tell you what a chucker is. We're going to show you how the polo mallets are, are made and how the, the polo balls, uh, you know, what they are made out of. Uh, you don't have to be a, a polo player to watch this program. Uh, you'll be able to watch it and be more informed. And a lot of people don't realize that there's polo in their area, and you can go out to it, and nine times out of ten, polo matches are free to go to. It's a great way to spend a, a Sunday afternoon, or you can go out on Wednesday afternoons when a lot of them have practice matches and, and watch them, and, and it's great. Uh, you know, you can get educated. You can uh, tailgate around the polo field. Um, in between chuckers, you can go out and you can uh, stomp the divots in that the horses tear up. And you can actually participate in it. And you don't have to be an owner or a trainer or a rider. Uh, you can just be a spectator and really get involved with it. And it's really something good to, to get involved with. Uh, and I'll I tell you one good thing that, that I like about it. It's if you need something to do, and especially like here in Florida, if we have somebody that we need to come in uh, to visit with us and everything, and you want to take them somewhere uh, other than going out to eat or, you know, to the beach or, you know, what have you, you can take them to a polo match. And uh, you can do this in uh, Kentucky. You can do it in New York. You can do it in California, Florida. Uh, everybody has, uh, you know, polo within a driving distance of them. So that, that's one of, one of the things that, you know, I was thinking about doing, you know, and, and Chucker is, uh, his name um, uh, comes from the individual uh, units, like a fourth quarter or first quarter, or what have you. They're, they play Chuckers, and we'll explain to you what that is and, uh, you know, all about it. And, and you'll, you'll have a good understanding of, of Chucker and then you can go out and you can watch it and you can understand and learn more about it. So that, that was the first step that um, I started doing. Then uh, also on Mondays, uh, we have last, last Call. And Last Call is uh, the sales part of the equine industry. Uh, we do uh, uh, reports on the sales from all breeds, uh, uh, from show horses to ponies to uh, quarter horses, uh, you name it. Uh, if, it's a, if it's a horse and they're selling it, we're going to give a report on it. And what I like about this is, again, we're going to give you the information on it, and you can go and, and see these sales. And, and there's a lot, of, a lot of sales that go on locally from the, from the small, uh, you know, backyard sales to the big sales like at uh, Lexington and in New York and uh, over in Europe, a company called Golfs sell a lot of European horses. And, and the other, and again, you know, we're trying to get all this information out slow but sure. And, and we've done that, and I've got the website the way that I want it, and it's going to make it very interesting for you to come and look at. And it's going to make you very uh, uh, want to go. And if you want to go, there's a link there that you can click on, and it'll tell you where the next sale is at. Uh, and, and you, you can find one in your area and go to it. And, and the interesting part about the sales are is you can go to sales. We'll take like uh, the Facet Kipton sales in Lexington or the Keeneland sales. Uh, you can go to Lexington, Kentucky, 
uh, on sale day. You can drive up there. Uh, you can pull up, uh, park your car, and you can walk into the sales. It doesn't cost a thing. Uh, you can pick you up a sales catalog, and you can get up and close and in person with these horses. Uh, you can walk around the barns. You can look at the horses as they bring them out. You can see them going up to the uh, to the arena for sale, to the sales ring, and you can watch them go through the sales. And a lot of times, um, people that I've sent to the to, to the sales that uh, didn't really know anything about them, uh, they got they got a book and a catalog they call them, and they started looking through and they'd see uh, like say number twenty six. Um, he would be um, back in the barn and they'd go up and watch him go through the ring and see how much they uh, you know pay for him. And and they started my friend started playing a, a game with his wife and his kids. Well, how much is this horse going to sell sell for? It was so funny. They would pick a number. You know, one of the kids would say $5,000. The dad would say a million dollars. The wife would say, ah, he's not going to sell. And so, you know, they kind of made a game out of it. And then they started getting good at it. They started realizing, you know, that this was an interesting thing to do. And, and they would go to the sales three or four times a year. And it gives, it gives a, a good family outing, uh, you know, to go to. It doesn't cost you anything to go to the sales. Just the you know, just to drive there and park and, and then go in. Um, all the sales, they always have refreshments and food there. So, you know, that's nice. And so that's uh, 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 last call. And the reason I call it last call is because some of the programs that I've done in the past um, were actual sales, live sales. And so we uh, got to thinking one day, you know, uh, how are we going to do this, set this thing up? And, they, and one of the people that was uh, working with me said, we need to figure a name for the show. And I said, let's call it Last Call. And they said, well, why did you want to call it Last Call? And I said, well, at these sales, you can bid on the Internet, you can bid over the phone, and you can bid in person. And where is the last call going to come from, the Internet, the phone, or in person? And that's why I called it Last Call, because the last person to bid on the horse you know, buys the horse, and we don't know if it's going to come over the internet, phone, or in person. So that's how we, how I named it Last Call, and so it made it really interesting, you know, to see. And just remember, you can always come to International Equine Network, the IENTV.org, and you can find out exactly, you can find out exactly where these programs, all the programs that I have on the internet on the website, you'll have a link, and you can find out where that program is going to be in your area so then i kept on rolling i said man i'm on a street now mind you when i when i first initially did this i was riding in the back of a sally horse van taking uh six horses up to uh saratoga new york uh for the uh, for the summer racing in august at saratoga and I'm back bouncing up and down, and I'm writing down all these notes and, you know, what could I do and how could I do it? So this is how, you know, this whole um, website came about and how my week goes. Okay, we've gone through Monday. Now we're on Tuesday. And, and uh, by the way, most of the, uh, most of the sales that you have, equine sales, are on Monday. Uh, they start on Monday, and they, they'll run through the week. And so that's that's why we uh, you know went to Monday for last call uh, to horse sales, and then on Tuesday 
um, we have Quest for Equine Gold. And Quest for Equine Gold is about the show horse industry. And uh, it's it's a phenomenal uh, industry, uh, part of the industry to go look and see. Uh, these horses, they uh, they jump a tremendous heights, five and six foot uh, uh, jumps, uh, fences uh, that they go over. Um, uh, you see uh, men, women, kids, uh, grandparents, uh, you see everybody riding. No telling who you'll see riding. You'll see movie stars riding. Uh, you know, you'll see athletes riding. Uh, you'll see uh, world-famous horses that have, have run into Kentucky Derby and, and that have become show horses. And you see uh, standard bred horses that have, have uh, run all uh, big standard bred races all over the world showing. And, and just about any horse can become a show horse. Um, it depends on, uh, you know, what you want to do and how hard you want to work with it. The Quest for Equine Gold, the whole goal is about getting to the Pan American Games and to get into the Olympics. And that's why we called it Quest for Equine Gold, to see who, uh, you know, will uh, get the gold medal, uh, whether it's a local show, a regional, state, national, or international show. Everybody's going for the gold medal, and that's Quest for Equine Gold. And you'll be surprised. Um, there, there's a... a a new organization, well, it's not new, it's about four years old now, five years old. It's called Global Champions Tour. And they go to 12 different countries throughout the world, and they have uh, uh, a certain number of riders, it's usually about 25, that travel to all these different uh, countries. And um, it's just, it's unbelievable. For example, when they're in New York City, uh, they place the show arena uh, where you can see the Empire State Building and the city skyline in the background. And it, it's just really, it's unbelievable. And then the one that just always amazes me, and I just don't know how these horses adjust to it, but it's uh, the Global Champion Tour of Miami. And they actually go to South Beach and they build a, an arena on the beach. So when you're sitting there and you're watching the show, whether it's on TV or IEN or, you know, in person, the ocean is, you know, 150 feet from you. And the horses are jumping in the arena, and, and it's, it's a fantastic setting. Um, and then, and then uh, you know, uh, they, they do the same thing. They go to Madrid, Spain, um, which is just a beautiful, beautiful, uh, um, you know, setting there. Uh, you know, you name it, they go to it. Uh, there's 12 countries, and it's really worth, you know, uh, watching Quest for Equine and Gold. And, again, this is another little project that we do here, and you can come to IEN, and you can find out where uh, local horse shows are at, and whether it's a small backyard show or, a, you know, a state or a national or international championship, you know, we have access to, to these uh, different shows. And you can click onto them and find out, you know, where they're at, and you know, uh, uh, you know, all the information you need to know about it, you know. And again, it's free and it's great for the family, so yeah, that's good. And then um, on Tuesday is usually when all the results are in from the shows off of the weekend, and then we know what shows are going to be coming up the next weekend, and we kind of have a review and a preview on Quest for Equine Gold. 
And then another part of, uh, of Tuesday uh, is a show that we have called Zero to Ten, and it's about dressage. Uh, dressage is, uh, is a uh, discipline that is not natural to the horse. Um, it, it has to be acquired. It has to be uh, schooled or taught to the horse. And the horses literally dance to music. And it's, it's a beautiful sport. It's very interesting. Uh, to watch, uh, once you start watching it, uh, uh, you'll be surprised at um, the things that are being done there, uh, you know, with uh, with horses. Uh, they, they can be thoroughbreds, they can be standard breds, uh, uh, just about any breed they have. Now they even have a, a dressage for uh, the quarter horse, the western horse. And so uh, that's called zero to ten. And again, we go back and we talk uh, to trainers and owners and riders and and fans about to why they like dressage. Um, you know, it's a, it's a difficult sport. And what a lot of people don't understand is like in Quest for Equine Gold in zero to 10, it takes years. It takes years to condition and train the horses to get where they're going. That's, that's the big thing is getting them to where they're going. And, uh, you know, I, I tell you, it's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable to watch Quest for Equine Gold in 0 to 10. And Tuesday nights are usually a slow night on TV across the country and around the world. So it'll be a good night, a good day to come and watch it. And um, when you see all the horses that, um, the programs that we have, uh, I leave them up usually for a week at a time. And you can always go back during the week and uh, rewatch the show because uh, we do live and tape shows. And all the shows that we do live are uh, archived uh, on our website. And so, uh, like I said, I keep them up for for about a week or until the next event comes up. So that's, you know, what we're looking at there. And then uh, we go to Wednesday, and Wednesday is uh, Flying Turns. Uh, Flying Turns is about the standard bread industry. And we uh, go all over the country, all over the world, to see uh, where the standard bred horses are are running, and, and we see uh, the standard breds uh, that are making headlines. Uh, you know, it, it's just amazing how many countries have standard bred racing. Um, it's it's unbelievable, and we take you behind the scenes. And like uh, um, sometimes, uh, especially this time of year, we have uh, horses racing uh, from. Uh, uh, from Europe, a lot of uh, standard bred racing coming out of uh, Germany, uh, France. Uh, we have um, racing coming out of Sweden. It's it's really good to watch and to see uh, how they how they uh, race uh, the standard breds in Europe as well as here in the United States uh, that, that we see, uh, like the Little Brown Judd, the Hamiltonian, um, the Breeders' Crown races. Uh, you'll have access to all those through through our website. And what what I like about my website is that you don't have to know anything at all about horses. You can go in and you can click onto one of the, one of our uh, uh, different sections there, and it'll give you information and take you right to whatever you want to know. And if you like dressage, then you know you you're welcome to watch it and stay as long as you want. It won't cost you a thing. Just one click and you're there. Uh, if you like a quest for equine gold or if you like the last call, uh, the sales, uh, you know, you have that. 
and it gives you something to do, you know. And you don't have to watch it for hours upon hours. You can sit there and, uh, you know, watch it for as long as you like, and then, you know, click and go to another one. And uh, so we'll do that. But flying turns is really interesting. Um, it's uh, You'll be surprised uh, about uh, the standard bread industry and the sport, especially in Europe, because it's part of their lifestyle, their heritage. And it's really big in Europe, more so than it is here in the United States. So, uh, you know, you, I think you'd really like that. And, see, and all these uh, areas that you click on, uh, they're good for the whole family. You know, they're good, clean uh, programming, and it's something that the whole family can sit down and watch. And, you know, I, I think you'd like it. You might end up buying a horse out of the whole deal. You might have to go to last call and buy a horse and, uh, you know, do that But because um, you, you'll like it. And, and that's uh, what we do here. Flying turns standard breads uh, all over the world. Then the next thing uh, on Wednesday we come to is quarter time. And our Wednesday program set everything up for the weekend. We tell you what races are where and, uh, you know, who's doing what. But the quarter time uh, is set up, and it's about the AK, 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 <laughs> AQHA. Well, I'm having a rough time today on this one because uh, I'm so excited about the height getting up. But um, it's uh, AQHA. It's American Quarter Horse Association. And the month of October to show you how big the quarter horse industry is, is um, it takes the whole month of October to go through all their different divisions, all their programs that they have, and everybody uh, goes to uh, to uh, Ohio uh, to the American Quarter Horse Congress. And uh, it's, uh, oh, my God, you wouldn't believe it's the real cowboys. You see barrel racing. Uh, you see... Um, uh, Raining, which where they uh, uh, cut cows out of the herds and show how the cowboys uh, used to do it. Uh, they've got you name it; it's there. It's really great, and uh, we're really taking um, the, um, the quarter horse congress, and we're putting something up new every day um, on, on the quarter horse congress, uh, and, and it's live and and taped, so you, you'll like that. And that's quarter time, and, and that's on Wednesdays that we do that. And it'll tell you, like I said, any and everything that you need to know about it. And believe you me, the shows and program is a lot better than me telling you about them. Because I get so excited and wound up, you know, it just, it's, uh, it's crazy. And you know? so, and then we go to Thursdays. Thursdays we have At The Wire, and that's our thoroughbred program. In our thoroughbred program, uh, we follow horses all around the world uh, that are racing, uh, like in France, in the Arc de Triomphe, uh, the Kentucky Derby, uh, the Preakness de Belmont, uh, the, uh, the Maryland Millions that are coming up this weekend. Uh, you know, we'll have uh, everything on there, and, and we'll say that a lot about what's coming up this weekend uh, because that's what we do on the show. We inform you and give you enough um, heads-up time that if you'd like to go to, like, the Mel Maryland Million or the Derby that's coming up in the spring or um, you know, uh, anything like that, you know, we have it. We have it there. We have all the information that you need to see, uh, you know, on that. And that's called At The Wire. We interview trainers and, and jockeys and uh, people that uh, run the racetracks like Churchill Downs and Pimlico and Belmont, and uh, we give reports on that, uh, which is really good. Uh, 
So I, I like that show because I'm a thoroughbred guy, and I really know a lot about it. And, and I'll be putting my two cents in worth every now and then. Uh, so that's good. And then on thir- uh, again on Thursday, we're staying with the uh, thoroughbred theme. Um, I've created a documentary. Uh, it's called uh, a documercial, you might say. Uh, that, that I'm doing for uh, the Kentucky Derby. It's called How They Get There. And How They Get There is about uh, the Kentucky Derby and what it takes to qualify and get into the Kentucky Derby. Uh, we'll tell you about the point system. Uh, we'll tell you about uh, the entry fees. Uh, we'll tell you about uh, any and everything about the Kentucky Derby. And what I like about that uh, that program is, is we do a lot of different things uh, through uh, our website, and I think you really find it enjoyable. And like again, like I said again, you don't have to have knowledge of the horse business to enjoy this program. It's an hour long program that's going to be um, broadcast uh, the Thursday before the Kentucky Derby. Um, and it's really going to be interesting. And you can actually, we're actually following some horses on how they get to the Kentucky Derby. And we start out with the owner and the farm. Um, if you want to go to the Kentucky Derby, the owner and the farm have to decide, you know, uh, if they're going to try to run the Kentucky Derby. And what the owner and the farm and or the farm will do is they'll select a horse or a group of horses that they're going to point towards the Kentucky Derby in 2023. And I time-dated myself on this one, and I shouldn't have done it, but I'm just so excited about this. Um, the owner has to decide uh, a lot of things. It all starts with the owner. Um, with the owner, he selects a horse or horses that he's going to point towards the Kentucky Derby. Then he will get with the farm manager and he will ask the farm manager, do we have any horses, two-year-old horses, that we would like to start pointing from the derby that we bred here at the farm? And if they do, then they, they follow in the following footsteps. If not, then they'll have to go to the sales and, and buy, you know, a horse or put together a syndicate, uh, you know, of horses, you know, to, to get it to the Kentucky Derby. So we start with the owner and, and, the, and the farm and, and then we uh, go to the next step. The next step that we go to is, is selecting a trainer. Um, you select a trainer to train your horses that you have. And, um, oh, man, I'm telling you, that's a difficult one to do because some trainers are good with fillies. Some trainers are good with colts. Some trainers are good for the grass. Some trainers are good for the dirt. It's hard to find uh, a good trainer that can, you know, do a little bit of everything. And so that's another decision that the farm manager and the owner have to make is what trainer do they select um, to get their horse to the Kentucky Derby. And once they sit down with the trainer, the trainer and the owner and the farm manager discuss the the route to the Kentucky Derby, how they're going to do it. And so before they even get, get started on the road to the Kentucky Derby, the three, uh, the trainer, the owner, and the farm manager have to deal with a lot of things. And, and a lot of the things that they have to deal with are things that you need to um, uh, start from the get-go 
and stay consistent with them. And you have to think about a lot of things that these horses uh, need to do. And, and one, one of the things on how they get there uh, that we have in here, which we have many of, is the feed. You want to select a company that can provide the complete nutrition for your horse, that if your horse uh, uh, doesn't like it, if your horse is not eating, uh, there's a lot of things that go on to it. And you want to make sure you get with a company that can tell you any and everything uh, about feed and what your horse might need because they're the experts. They're the ones that make it. And so th these are the decisions that uh, that our three uh, people have to make. And so once they decide uh, about the feed company, they want to make sure that they can get that feed delivered to them in California, Kentucky, Florida, New York, Illinois, Indiana, uh, Arkansas, Texas. You want to make sure that that product that you're giving your horse is the product that they're going to get whenever they travel to go to different races. And the company that we'll name next week uh, is a company that feeds horses all over the world. So if you've got a horse running in Hong Kong or Japan or Australia uh, or England, uh, this company can provide that feed that your horse is getting right now in England and any foreign country, any racetrack in the world, they can they can provide that. And that's very important to keep the horse uh, on the same feed and, and not, you know, change his life um, very much because uh, he's going to be flying on a plane or in a, a horse van going to a different track. And that, that's, um, that's nerve-wracking in itself for the horse. So we want to try to keep everything the same. And then uh, following the same format, um, they have to decide on a blacksmith. Uh, who's the blacksmith that can um, best shoe your horse, uh, that can uh, tell you, uh, you know, why a horse is off if he's uh, uh, training wrong and, and his feet are sore. Uh, you know, you have to sit down with the blacksmith, and you need to have a blacksmith that can, you know, that can not only tell you what's wrong, but correct, correct what's wrong. And this is another decision that... Um, that the farm owner and the, or the owner, the trainer, and the farm manager have to make. And the reason you have to make these decisions with the, with the feed and the blacksmith now is because you want to sit down and say, okay, um, to the feed company, we're going to be racing uh, on the way to the Derby. We're going to be racing in Arkansas, uh, Louisiana, California, New York, and uh, the Kentucky for the Kentucky Derby. And then that way, if you can give them an idea of what you're doing and where you're going, then they can have everything uh, all set up and ready for you when you get to those tracks. And the same thing with the, uh, with the blacksmith. Um, you know, he knows where you're going and he knows how often your horse is getting uh, shoes and he can uh, arrange his schedule so that he can be there uh, at the track that your horse is at to, you know, make sure those uh, shoes are, are right and on, on the right foot, as they say so that, that's important. Then we come to the derby prep races. And uh, this is probably the most difficult part of how they get there because uh, you don't know exactly uh, how your horse is going to do, how he's training up to the derby. And, and uh, it's really, oh, boy, I tell you, it, it's, it's uh, uh, mind tease with, with this. Uh, first of all, there's a point system. Uh, 
um, to the Derby. You've got to qualify with points. And they give 10 points for first, four for second, three for third, two for fourth, and one for fifth. So the horses, the top 20 horses with the most points qualify for the Kentucky Derby. And, and you've got to make sure that you're getting your points in and that you can, that you can qualify. So uh, there's a series of 37 races on the road to the Kentucky Derby. Uh, there, it, it's, it, believe you me, you, you don't know where you're going to go. Uh, you might go to Arkansas and run into uh, the top 10 horses, and you might go to uh, New York and only run into three of the top 10 horses. So you got to really know know the, the schedule that they're that they're on, and you got to follow them close. And, and you can do that on um, on IEM. You can go to how they get there, and all these uh, segments that I'm talking about now, uh, you know, are on there. And you can click to it and find out, you know, who the blacksmith is, who the feed company is, who the trainer, who the owner is, uh, you know, that type of thing. But to show you how long of a uh, road this is. The first points uh, that you can qualify, start to qualify for, is on September 20, uh, 17, 2022. It's the Iroquois Stakes at Churchill Downs. Um, it's a $300,000 race going a mile and a 16th. And for a two-year-old to be going a mile and a 16th in September, that horse has to be pretty doggone good. And you just hope that it's not... Uh, too taxing on him and that he can recover from it, uh, you know, and continue on to be a good horse. Uh, so that's the first one. And the other thing is, is the Iroquois is the Churchill Downs. And it's always nice to have a race over the, over the Churchill Downs track before you go to, uh, uh, go to the Kentucky Derby the next, next spring. But that's the Iroquois starts it all off on September 17, 2022. Then um, you go to uh, the Champagne Stakes on October 1st, uh, which is in Aqueduct in New York. Um, you know, that's a, that's a usually a good proving ground to see what kind of horse you have. Uh, then we have October 8th, uh, the Breeders' Futurity at Keeneland, uh, which is which is a really, really tough race to go to. And uh, if you can come out of that, uh, it's really good. And then October 8th also at Santa Anita, um, in California, they have the American Pharaoh, which is which is a good race for uh, horses on the West Coast to start seeing who they have and what they have. And then naturally, the one that everybody uh, uh, really starts saying, "Hey, these are our top ten Derby horses that we're going to be looking at." Is um, November the first weekend in November? We have the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. And that Breeders' Cup Juvenile uh, usually turns out uh, the two-year-old horse of the year. And unfortunately for the two-year-old horse of the year, if you get marked with that, with that label, uh, not too often do they do very good in the Derby. Uh, there's just one of those uh, uh, things that uh, happens to you. You know, you don't want to be, uh, there's a bullseye on your back and, and everybody's watching every move and, you know, uh, it's just one of those things that's really tough for, uh, you know, for the two-year-old juvenile from the Breeders' Cup to go on and win the Kentucky Derby. And then, again, we have another race at Churchill. It's called November 26th. Um, it's called the Kentucky Jockey Club. 
And so again, you have an opportunity to get your horse uh, over the track and see what kind of horse he is. Um, a lot of times, uh, not too many of the horses out of the Iroquois, you know, go to that jockey club, uh, the Kentucky Jockey Club uh, stakes race. But that's, that's uh, another race that falls in line. So already we're starting to, you know, get horses that, um, you know, are starting to look good, but they might not be around next spring for the Derby because, you know, their career started early and uh, they didn't work out. You know, you just really don't know because they're two-year-olds. And uh, usually that's their first start that they have is uh, around September and October. And, and then they point them for the Breeders' Cup and, and then the, um, the Kentucky Jockey Club uh, at Churchill Downs. And, and then it gets crazy after that. December 3rd, we have uh, the Remsen Aqueduct. We have a race on December 10th from Los Alamitos, Los Alamitos Futurity. Uh, December 17th from Remington Park, we have the Springboard Mile. Um, December 26th, we have the Gunrunner from the Fairgrounds. And then uh, January 1st, it really gets, uh, you know, gets kind of crazy. The drone from Aqueduct really starts it going. And if you got a good horse uh, by the 1st of January, you, you, you're limited. You're going to be limited on how many times you can run your horse between then and the Derby. Um, you're looking at probably three, four times maybe before the Kentucky Derby because you're only dealing with five months and in five months time, uh, you know, you, you're going to have a horse that, uh, that's a talented horse, a horse that can recover from the races that he runs in. And, and you don't know how tough of a trail it's going to be for you to, uh, you know, to get that horse to Churchill Downs on that first Saturday in May. And, and it's really tough, but just about every weekend, uh, you know, you've got, uh, uh, uh uh, points available for, um, you know, the Kentucky Derby. And, and again, we go back to the owner, trainer, and farm manager. They have to decide what route they're going to take to the Derby. Where can they get the most points? Where can they get, uh, uh, you know, a good race under them? Uh, uh, what can you, you know, uh, there's so many things that you got to think about. you got to think about the weather in the, in the area. Um, there's a lot of point, uh, points that you can get in Arkansas, but you got to remember it could get cold, rainy, it could be bad, you know, in uh, in Arkansas, or it could be good. You can have get one of those great springs where, you know, uh, just nothing goes wrong. Uh, or what do you do when you you know you're here in Florida and you get a real super hot uh, winter, and you know that that takes it out of your horses. Or when you get out in California, the same thing, you know, the weather conditions. Um, you know, Aqueduct or Belmont in New York, uh, what's the weather going to be like there? It's always a tough road to go and things that you got to think about as an owner, trainer, and, um, and farm manager. So that, that's where you start looking at. And, and that's, that's when you get through the prep races. After you get through the prep races and you look, you look down in, uh, in March or, you know, uh, in April, actually, it really pretty much, uh, you know, you just have to decide in April sometimes because that last 30 days before the Derby is crucial. And, uh, you got to have your training program, uh, put out. Uh, you got to make all your, um, entry fees for the Derby. Uh, you got to have all those in line ready to go. And then you have another meeting with, uh, again, uh, the owner, the trainer, uh, the, uh, uh, 
tour manager, uh, the jockey that's been riding your horse, uh, you got to sit down and you got to seriously discuss whether to run in the Derby or not. Uh, everybody likes to run in the Derby, but um, I'll never forget as long as I live when I worked for Wayne Lucas, he sat down and one of the hardest things that he had, ever had to do, and he had a great, great owner um, that had good horses. He had to go to the owner and tell the owner, Mr. Owner, I don't think this horse is good enough for to win the Kentucky Derby. There's other stake races, you know, throughout the summer that I think he can win, but not the Kentucky Derby. And he said, you don't want to run a horse in the Derby just to be running a horse in the Derby. He said, we only want to run a horse that we can win with the Kentucky Derby, win the Kentucky Derby with. And so, you know, Wayne's won for, for uh, Kentucky Derbies, and, and, you know, you do the right things. You just don't want to be in there just to run. You want to be in there to win. And that's what most of these trainers do. It's a, it's a chance in a lifetime and a lifetime of chance. So, you know, you, you got to really weigh out the decision to run in the Derby. And then once you get, you know, decide to run in the Derby, um, there's a lot of things that go on. You got to think about all the owners that, um, you know, that you're uh, training for. Uh, you want to make sure that, uh, uh, that they get an invite, even though they don't have a horse running in the Derby. Um, you want to make sure that, uh, you know, you give them a, a nice invite. Uh, you want to make sure that, uh, the blacksmith and that, uh, uh, the feed people and, and, uh, it's taken care of. You, you want to make sure that, uh, the people that transport your horses to, uh, to the different tracks, uh, that they're taken care of. There's a lot that goes into it. When you decide to run in the Derby, you got to keep focused on trying to win the Derby. But you also have to get focused on the people that help you get there. And when you know how you get there, then you know who, who to thank and who to help. And so that, you know, that's going to be a good program. And then um, the first Saturday in May 2023, we'll find out if the horses were following how they did and, you know, if they're going to be there and, and go from there with it. But it, it's an exciting little documentary uh, that, um, a documercial, I call it. It's like an infomercial, but it's uh, more of a documentary than anything that we're going to try to do with that. And so that's a little bit about, you know, our, about the website that, that we're on. Uh, so that got us through Thursday, uh, how they get there and at the wire. So that, that got us going there. So I get to start a rambling here. And man, I'll tell you, if it may, if I weren't talking, I'd be asleep right now. I'm telling you. And that's, what I think about when I start, start talking. And then on Friday, um, that's when we uh, post the International Equine Report. And uh, the International Equine Report is, is a report that we do, and, and we'll select a, a, a famous uh, equestrian, or we'll f uh, select an up-and-coming uh, equestrian. Uh, and it doesn't matter whether they're um, a big-time or, you know, whether they're small. Uh, we have an interesting equestrian of the week on that International Equine Report uh, to let people know that uh, it's just not all the, the rich and famous and the, the wealthy that have stories. Uh, our equestrian of the week is, um, uh, is uh, interesting, and, and uh, it's going to be funny to, to watch some of the people that we have there because some of these people are crazy, 
crazy, crazy horse people. And you would be surprised uh, at the people you'll see. We got a guy that we're going to talk to uh, in February. And he has a one-horse trailer. And it's it's an antique, and he's had it all re- redone. And it's really a nice trailer for just one horse. And it's got a glass bubble on it so the horse can look around when he's going down the road and see what's going on. And people just, when they see it, they just take pictures of him. And, you know, and it's really interesting. But um, what he did is he, he wanted to, you know, show people that how horses traveled years ago. And they would travel local. You know, you're not talking about going to New York or whatever. But these one-horse trailers are mostly local. And it's an antique, and I tell you, it's re- he, he's really an interesting guy. We're going to show you um, how the horse loads onto it, uh, where it was made, the trailer was made, who made it, you know, and, and see how, how they go down the road. So that's going to be interesting. But we do things like that on International Equine Report is to let people know what's going on. And, and uh, like I said, you don't have to be a uh, – uh, horsemen to to watch something like that. Uh, then when you well, after you see it, you're going to be looking uh, down the road because no telling where this guy shows up. You know when he's going somewhere with his one horse trailer. And it's really pretty pretty cool. But the international equine report is going to be things of that nature. Now we're going to talk about uh, uh, legislative uh, programs that each state uh, is trying to get passed. We're going to be talking about. Uh, um, veterinarian care. We're going to be talking about horse transportation. Uh, that's one thing that I think that you'll find interesting, especially on how they get there. And, and on the International Equine Report, is uh, horses go by van, they go by pull-along trailers, they go by a big 18-wheeler, uh, they fly the horses, uh, they go both domestic and international, and I used to do that within in Stone Air Services. Uh, I've been to uh, quite a few countries in my day flying horses, and it's quite a process to see how they do, um, how they fly. And I think you'll be interested to see, uh, you know, what we did, did with the horses flying, uh, how they're loaded, how we take care of them. It's going to be really interesting, and you're going to see me on there, and uh, it's going to it's going to see. That big guy got into that plane, that little box on that plane to take care of that horse. And it's it's an interesting uh, way to do it. Um, we go to Hong Kong, go to Japan, Australia, uh, Ireland, England, France. It's really a, a good thing, you know, to watch. So that'll be on our international equine report. And then on, on Friday, we have a weekly review. And uh, what I like about that is that you can come in and you can see what's going on on the weekend, where it's at, what state, country, venue it's at. Uh, You click on there and you can uh, decide if you want to go see something on on the weekend, whether it's a horse show, whether it's racing, a sale, or, you know, what have you. Uh, You know, we'll have that on there. So that's that's how we end up. you know, with the week week review and preview uh, on there, we'll tell you what happened and what's going to happen on the, uh, on our weekly programming there on Friday, and then Saturday and uh, Sunday uh, we'll have on, on uh, 
the website, uh, live racing, live horse shows, live everything live. It'll be on, on, on the weekends, Saturdays and Sundays. So that's what we try to do with that. But, you know, it's going to be an interesting uh, season for us here. Um, I'm still kind of getting, uh, you know, a grasp on it. Uh, we're getting some uh, announcers and some on-air talent that are going to be joining us uh, that have been with ESPN and NBC and ABC and, and uh, they're, they're horsemen. Um, uh, a lot of them uh, ride themselves or own horses and, you know, that type of thing. Um, the other thing that, that we have on our website, we have a, a, a segment called Chuck Wagon, and it's for the equestrians that, uh, of all breeds. And what we try to do is put recipes and, and um, ways to, uh, you know, cook uh, while you're at, a, at an equestrian event, you know, and, and make, it, make it an enjoyable day. So that you don't have to be constantly running out to a restaurant or a drive-through, you can cook them, you know, right where you're at. And so when I thought about, you know, doing the chuck, the, the segment called Chuck Wagon, I said, "Well, gee whiz!" I said, "What good's that going to do if you got nowhere to cook at?" So then we got uh, with Camping World, and Camping World's got campers, and and uh, they'll answer any and every question you have about an RV. They'll They'll sell one for you or they'll sell one to you. Uh, they're just phenomenal in camping world. And they're literally everywhere. And so what we do is we kind of gear the, um, you know, the uh, chuck wagon show towards uh, RV uh, living type thing, you know, barbecuing and, and um, slow cookers and, you know, things of that nature. So we try to do that. And, again, if you click on to uh, camping world, or chuck, chuck wagon, you you get recipes uh, that are online there with us. Um, you you click on to Camping World, and you find any and every kind of uh, uh, RV that you might be looking for uh, there. Um, they're literally everywhere in the country, so that's good. And you know, so it kind of gets exciting, you know, to see that. Um, and that's like today uh, we've got uh, on America's Day. Uh, at the races, uh, we have live racing coming to you from various tracks. Uh, Keeneland's coming on now, uh, so you you can see Keeneland and, and what they're doing. So that's good, you know, to to be able to watch live racing from uh, you know the different tracks that that we have there. And then every every week or every two weeks, uh, I try to put a, a, a movie, a good family movie about the horse industry. Uh, you know, it's really kind of interesting to see um, the documentary that we had on Secretariat, uh, which was really good about uh, you know how they bought him, how how the owners and the trainers uh, dealt with him, and you know things like that. And then we have uh, some good movies about uh, uh, you know rodeos uh, and how uh, you know about the cowgirls, uh, the the young girls that start riding. You know, and then 15, 20 years later, they're world champions, um, you know, at their discipline. And so we do a lot of things, you know, like that on, on the website. So that's our movie of the week, you know, which we try doing that. Uh, and what I'm going to add to the uh, um, website, uh, we're going to have uh, the Weather Channel. Uh, we're adding the Weather Channel to the website so that um, if you... Uh, no matter where you're going in the world, 
you just click on the weather channel and you can find out the weather at the location that you're going to be going to. You can also find out the weather on the trip that's going to get you there, the journey that gets you to that venue. Um, you'll know if you're leaving Florida and going to New York, if you're going to be running into rain, ice, snow, uh, you know, good weather, what have you. Uh, you know, you'll be able to get that through the weather channel. And then we also will have on there thing that I like about about it the most is um, we're going to have a veterinarian section. If you're traveling and you need to uh, need a horse, you can click on there and give them your zip code that you're in and they can direct you to, uh, you know, veterinarian in that area. And so that's all handy when you're going down the road. And then we also are putting on MapQuest. And uh, MapQuest will be able to get you to wherever you're going tell you all the hotels, tell you uh, all the gas stations, uh, tell you everything that's along the way on your journey to that equine venue. And so that, that's, uh, you know, what I'm kind of trying to do, you know, with it. And hopefully we can start getting um, the questions interacting, you know, with our website. Uh, you know, if you can uh, uh, go to IENTV.org and you can check out our, our uh, website, and uh, you, you can also email me at ienequinetv at gmail.com. Um, you can also uh, call me at 561-466-1272 and get a hold of me direct. I answer the phone. Uh, that's one thing that I do. Um, we have other numbers here that you can call, but um, uh, what I do is uh, is I make sure that I answer the phone and everybody that comes to the website, I talk to personally and get them in the right direction. And that's one of my goals there that uh, I want to do is to get, uh, you know, get uh, to know uh, the people that we have that are viewing that are, you know, will be helping us, you know, uh, with different things on the website. And if you got an equestrian story to tell, whether you're small, medium, big, or international, uh, let us know. Uh, we we want to uh, get you on there. Who knows, you might become the farm of the week for us on the website or the equestrian of the week. And then every Thursday when we have our show, we have a live call-in, which is 823-744-4831. And uh, you can call um, the uh, people um, uh, at BBS, uh, Don or Doug, and they'll tell you, uh, Click me, click you on to me, and we'll talk uh, horses. You know, we can we can do that. And then the big question is now, and I'm going to give away a year's membership to Ship.com. Ship.com delivers groceries and food anywhere in the country, and uh, you'll be able to get to them and find out what it is and what they do. Um, we also are going to have Walmart on our website because everybody, Walmart's everywhere and they got everything you need. Uh, you can get it, get it from there. But here's the question of the week. What did I say the most on this show? You got to give me the phrase that I said the most on this show. In previous shows, I said, I'm going to name a horse. I'm going to name a horse. Of the phrase that I use on this show a lot. It's a bad habit that I have, but I get caught up in what I'm doing, and I've done this all my life. 
And so the phrase that I use, you let me know, call next week at 823-744-4831, and uh, we'll, we'll give somebody a free membership to ship.com. And uh, so I hope you really like it. Uh, I look forward to this coming year, to the Derby and to the uh, uh, polo matches uh, that will be coming up here this winter here in Florida and out in California and in Spain. We'll be going to Spain to see uh, the, the polo matches there. Uh, we got a lot of good sales coming up. Uh, and over the next couple of weeks, uh, uh, this time of year, every year, uh, the standard breads are getting ready for the breeders' crown. Uh, the thoroughbreds are getting ready for the breeders' cup. Uh, the polo people are getting ready for the America's Cup. Um, you know, there's just so many things. The Quarter Horse Congress. Uh, there's so many things that'll be coming up that I think you'll be excited about, and we'll be sure that we get you in the right spot, and you'll enjoy yourself. And remember, you don't have to know a lot about horses to come to intv.org. So thanks for putting up with me. Uh, I rambled on enough now. Look forward to hearing from the potential winner next week for that ship.com uh, uh, membership. Uh, it's a year membership, and I think you'll like it. So until next Thursday, this is Scott Miller. It's International Equine Network.